Uh, right now, though, uh, as we do each and every Monday, we catch up with David Shoebridge. Morning to you, David. Yeah, morning, Mark. It's nice to hear your voice. Thank you, mate. Nice to speak to you. Uh, Parliament in New South Wales. Uh, when are you going to get back to business there? It's been yeah, like well, forever, hasn't it? Yeah, well, we, we last met towards the end of June, and the government seems keen for us never to come back to, uh, to sit again. And while they're asking other essential workers to get out and keep working, you know, with COVID safety plans, yeah, uh, the, I think the, uh, the Berejiklian government is very happy for Parliament not to sit because they know when it sits, particularly the upper house, that they get held to account. And so um, I know my colleagues in the Labor Party, my colleagues in the majority of the crossbench, in fact, probably overwhelming um, number of crossbench MPs, super keen to join with the Greens and get Parliament back to work, especially the upper house, where we're scheduled to sit on the 7th of September. But mm. the government is doing everything they can to try and stop that happening. It's, it's so frustrating, Marcus. What do they want to do? They want to work online and make New South Wales the first fully online Parliament in the country in order to do the essential work needed to pass urgent laws. <laughs> Well, that's the Greens' plan, and in fact, we've got a bill to amend the New South Wales Constitution to make sure. that happen. Okay. The government, is, the government has, is 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 doing everything it can to resist that plan. Now, of course, you know, if, if we've got a pandemic, we've got a major health crisis, and we can't come together safely. You know, every every single MP can't come together safely to meet. <clears throat> well, then we should be finding a solution to that. Other workplaces are meeting virtually. They've been doing it now for a year and a half. And so we've got a bill to amend the Constitution to allow the, the Parliament to come together virtually, to meet together virtually, vote on legislation mm. and, and do essential work. I don't understand, though, David, because federal Parliament has met uh, in the midst of a, a pandemic. Yeah, well, what we need, um, what we need in New South Wales is we've, we've got a COVID safety plan for the upper house, and that's been worked with through through the through the uh, professionals who, who help run the parliament. We need to come together for a really pared-down parliament, you know, with this minimum number of people in the chamber, some restricted ways in which we operate in order to pass um, the urgent legislation to make us an online parliament. And once mm. we do that, everybody can log on, everybody can contribute, and you can contribute whether you're locked down in, in Bega or you're locked down in Ballina. And, and we can not only have a solution for this current crisis, we can have a solution so Parliament can meet in a future crisis. Well, I mean, yes, absolutely. The, the Parliament in New South Wales needs to meet. There's no doubt about that. As you say, it's been since June. Uh, you're proposing the Greens and you have Labor support for Parliament to work online. So this bill will make New South Wales the first fully online Parliament in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Now, other Parliaments have had uh, MPs uh, join the debate online so we've seen that happen in in the in the federal senate and the federal parliament for example they've joined the debate online but no parliament has had a system in place to allow mps to actually vote online and you know that's obviously critical um and 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 we can do this uh, we can amend the new south wales constitution it's actually not much of a constitution marcus the new yeah. south wales constitution sure. most people don't even know it exists but we can amend this bit of it through the passage of legislation just through both houses of parliament and then we can get on with the business and we can ask, we can, for example, pass orders to require the government to produce all the health advice. Well, that's right. To the public. Because well, as you, uh, you know, before I had some time off, of course, uh, there was that uh, oversight committee where Brad Hazard quite clearly um, refused to not only allow the chief 
medical officer to answer questions, but also refused to release any of the, the health information. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think probably the first thing a majority of MPs in the upper house would do uh, once, we got, once we got Parliament up and running again was pass an order compelling the government, forcing the government to release all that advice. And um, that's, I think, one of the key reasons the government doesn't want the upper house to sit. They yeah. don't control it. They, they get frustrated that we keep forcing transparency on them. And I think that's one of the first things. The other things we'll do is pass urgent legislation to protect everybody under workers' compensation, for example, who has an adverse reaction from a vaccine. They should be guaranteed protection. And, and we should happen through the workers' comp scheme where, where people have actual proper rights. There are concerns right now of uh, COVID outbreaks in some of our prisons. I read that, what, uh, 20 of them, or around 20 of them, are now on high alert. We've got 31 cases uh, out of Park Lee. Uh, what should we be doing here? Well, Marcus, this was just dreadfully, dreadfully predictable with Delta. And um, um, there doesn't seem any guaranteed way of keeping Delta out of our prisons. And prisons are the very worst place because they are overcrowded, they have people living, you know, um, in, in double up, triple up cells. They have people who tend to have major health conditions. I mean, the average life expectancy of someone in prison is 10 years lower um, than, than people in the community. And then, and then you add to that that we have so many First Nations peoples in prisons. This is a recipe for disaster. Uh, the, the, the parliament passed laws to allow for the urgent release of non-violent offenders to reduce the number of people in prison yes. and to keep people safe. And None of that has happened. And, and, and if not now, then, then when? We, we don't sentence people to sit in a crowded prison and wait to be sort of overwhelmed by Delta. Um, we need to be reducing the numbers in prison. And, and that starts with getting some non-violent offenders out of there to, to, to make it a far, far safer place. Um, safer for the public. Is a big part of the problem the fact that um, Parkley and others are privately operated? Yeah, well, undoubtedly. I mean, Parkley is just a mess, has been a mess since it got handed over to private operators, initially by Labor some 20 years ago, and it's just been an absolute disaster ever since. And the current management team, I mean, they, 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 there's been riots, there's been unrest, um, and now we've seen this major, major outbreak of, of COVID there. But, you know, whilst, whilst I think Parkley is probably the, the, the most problematic prison in, in the state, potentially in the country, um, what we see in Parkley in terms of the COVID risk, that's actually mirrored in, in, in facilities across the state. Because um, you can't keep prisons permanently isolated from the rest of society. Staff come and go. Yep. Service people come and go. And in fact, if that the COVID outbreak we've had in Western New South Wales—that's that's that's you know been so terrifying for communities like Wilcannia and First Nations communities Absolutely. in far Western New South Wales—that came from a prison. That actually came from uh, a, um, some, uh, an inmate who was released from Bathurst Jail and had been mm. processed through the criminal justice system and then spat out into the community. So, this is a real risk, not just for those inmates. Um, as I said, nobody gets sentenced to death in this in this state. And so if you're in there for a non-violent offence, you've got major health concerns, you're sitting there waiting for Delta to, to wash over your, your, your prison. That is just, uh, you know, it's a horrific thought for them. It's a horrific thought for their families. Yeah. And we need to be urgently taking steps. Something that you will be pleased by, a uh, story today in the Sydney Morning Herald, voters in every federal seat in Australia support 
increased action on climate change and the adoption of renewable technology over the federal government's plans for a gas-led recovery. That's according to the largest poll ever conducted on climate change and the politics in the country. 15,000 Australians uh, were surveyed in this YouGov uh, report and 67% of voters believe the government should be doing more to address climate change, including a majority in all 151 federal seats. Well, I mean, I've always thought that the people of Australia are miles ahead of their governments when it comes to climate, miles ahead of their governments when it comes to decency, fairness, climate, transparency. Um, and if their views were actually driving our federal government, think how much better the planet would be, think how much better society would be. And this just confirms that people know climate change is real. They saw those dreadful, dreadful fires overwhelm so much of our cities uh, at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. They can see the reports coming in about these catastrophic fires in, 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 in North America, these catastrophic temperatures in Europe. They can see what's happening with ice. Um, with, with the Arctic ice, that sure. they know this is real and they want their government to take action. And the idea that we would be spending $600 million of public money on building a new gas-fired power station in the Hunter Valley, which will be used for 2% of the time, mm. it's, just, it's just plain criminal, Marcus. And, and I think people are realising that. Good to have you on as always, David. Take care. We'll chat next week, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Marcus. You take care of yourself too. All right, there he is, David Shoebridge. Um, always talking sense.